2: We're going to continue to break down where the 2023 class fits the current Bengals roster, but Dalton Kincaid's visited the Bengals and got big news. We're going to start there first.
1: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, covering your team every day, available for you to make your first listen as you're picking from the podcasts out there. Maybe you want to be an everydayer, one of those Locked On Bengals listeners that listens every day. To do that, you can subscribe to the show on YouTube. You can follow anywhere you get your podcasts and be part of those clubs. We have two clubs now, James. We have the first listen club, we have the everydayer club. So we're gonna we're gonna work on growing those here on Locked On Bengals as the Bengals are looking to grow their roster. They've officially reportedly met with Dalton Kincaid who on the Cincinnati subreddit was apparently spotted at the airport in addition to uh-huh. more substantial NFL reporters. Uh, Reporting on his top 30 visit with the Cincinnati Bengals the same day that he had his doctor issue a a note to NFL teams, a letter to NFL teams saying he's medically cleared. He's been good to go for three months, no limitations, and is ready to play football. So big news for a top tight end prospect who, I'm going to be honest, James, I, I don't know that the Bengals will have the luxury to decide at 28 whether they're going to pick or not.
0: That's the question, but at least he answered the back question, or it appears to be answered. And the other part of this is for those concerned about the back, because naturally, especially a fan base that had Tyler Eifert, right, mm-hmm. and has seen how tight ends can get injured and dinged up, as talented as Eifert was, was injured more than he was not it felt like, it's, it's good to see that the Bengals are doing their due diligence. This meeting was probably as much about the medicals as it was anything else. And the Bengals team doctors being able to look at his back and see how big of a concern it is, if it is. And obviously they sent this letter and Dr. Watkins sent it and and Adam Schefter reporting and all that stuff. That's great. But the Bengals land a meeting with him. The downside, I guess, if you're the Bengals, you're right. It's the 28th pick. And you look at this guy, if he is healthy and there aren't concerns about his back, 70 receptions, 890 yards, eight touchdowns, you watch the tape. He's fun. I mean, he's making all these contested catches over the middle and on the sidelines and uh, seems pretty explosive as has drawn comparisons to um, Zach Ertz, I think is the, the one that is most mm-hmm. common. Zach Ertz, 2.0, a little more explosive version, would be a lot of fun in this offense. So will he be there? Will he not? I think that that's really the only question for the Bengals because tight end is their biggest need. And odds are he won't be, but maybe he will be. So I think it, it is it is big news because I think he is a contender for that 28th pick, especially if the Bengals doctors give the thumbs up, much like Dr. Watkins did about Kincaid's back.
2: Yeah, and I'll say this. I don't think it's the only question, uh, and maybe, maybe you didn't mean the only question. I don't think they're running to the podium. If he is available at 28, we'll see what else is going on there. It's a, it's a difficult conversation around Dalton Kincaid for a couple of reasons. The tape, the subjective measures, what you think about his ceiling versus some of the other tight end prospects. Those are all really interesting conversations. What the data says, what the draft profile flags say, the tiebreakers sometimes is, is how those could be seen. What those say could tell a different story, but is one of the two players we know of at this point that the Bengals have met with both at the Combine and in person at Paul Brown Stadium. Don Kincaid and Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback from Mississippi State, the other one. And we're going to talk about corners here in a minute. But while we're on the topic of tight ends, I also wanted to make sure that I mentioned here quickly, we're about to do a whole show on tight ends. So we could spend a whole lot of time here talking about Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid and, and, you know, Darnell Washington and the value of a first round tight end. We're going to do that. That's going to be our very next show. I'm going to be with Joe Gibberry and Mike at Bengals underscore San Santagata to, to talk about this year's tight end class in a lot of detail. That's going to be our next show for the rest of this show, James, let's dive into this defensive roster. Emmanuel Forbes, like I mentioned, the other corner or the other player that the Bengals met with both at the combine and in person and that makes sense. You talk about positions where the Bengals could take a player in the first round cornerback on the defensive side of the ball is in line with a big part of their draft history in line with Jadobe Abuzia coming off an ACL injury in the last year of his deal. And, and so there's a potential present and future need there and the general value of corners in you know we've talked about the running back class the tight end class the quarterback class is stronger than both of those i would say
0: it is it's deep and there's a lot of interesting guys and if one of those one of those top corners is there at 28 then it fits right in right i mean deontay banks from maryland is someone that i've seen in mocks that has has been there at 28 others have him going 16th like he's kind of in that Kincaid range, where some have him going really early and some don't. Obviously, you mentioned Emmanuel Forbes. This cornerback room, I, to me, uh, Emmanuel, Chidobe is going to be a number one corner again. I think he can come back in just knowing him, his work ethic. He's dealt with injuries before and come back from them. I expect that. But do they re-sign him beyond this year? Does he earn a big fat payday elsewhere? That's a real question. And so if he comes back and plays well, he's going to want to get paid. And maybe that's here. Maybe that's not. I think the Bengals would like to keep him. We'll see. But it would be nice to have an insurance policy just in case. Obviously, we know Cam Taylor-Britt started to come on towards the end of last season. He's going into year two. You hope he would take another step as well. And then Mike Hilton is obviously your other starter there. But adding a quality corner, I think, is one of the the priorities in this draft for the Bengals. And Mm -hmm. we were talking about it throughout the draft process last year, right? With Andrew Booth Jr. And all these different corners that they could potentially take. And they didn't go that route in round one. They did in round two. I could see them, if the right guy is there, one of these top, I would say top five guys on their board, because most of the top guys would be gone. But I think that if one of those guys is there, they're going to be really tempted. And to your point about Kincaid, right? If Forbes is there and Kincaid's there, I, I think it's a conversation. And it's a conversation they'll have before draft night, of course, oh, yeah. and have it and have it settled. But that's an interesting dilemma because neither guy is perfect and both could add and, and make big plays uh, in their own way.
2: It's one of those things where you can never have enough corners. You, you hear coaches say it around the league. You've heard Bengals personnel staff and coaches say it time and time again. The depth on this team right now, Sydney Jones, a guy we talked about them signing, like the signing. You got Sydney Jones and Jalen Davis is a couple of guys there for depth. Alan George.
1: I like Alan stand, George. I, we'll
2: I, I like all those guys. But yeah. you could stand to improve that depth uh, in the current landscape of the NFL, where passing games are so important. And when you find that playmaking at corner and talk about a playmaker in Emmanuel Forbes, there's there's a lot of fun stuff on his state. No, he's an outlier, he's 166 pounds. Uh, so you got to get over that if you're the Bengals, but has literally everything else that you want, the athleticism, the production, the tape, the size, the length, the attitude, everything is there. Can you add 20 pounds? And, and that's probably what the Bengals are talking about, right? We were joking before we started recording, like, Hey, Hey, Emmanuel, you ever track your calories? (laughs) Can, Can we get an extra thousand, 2000 calories in you? Every day. Can we get you on that Teddy Karras gallon of milk before school every morning? Uh, Yeah, you'd have to get for Forbes.
0: For Forbes, you'd have to get him that vitamin D milk, uh, a case of Built Bars, and more. But, you you know, the thing I like about him since we're talking about he is long. It's not like he's, you know, he's six foot tall, six foot and a half inch tall, but he's long. He's not some, you know, Mm -hmm. short-armed guy either, you know, and, and you mentioned the plays, He's a playmaker. I would be comfortable with him at 28, even with oh, the the weight. Yeah. Now I, I wonder if the Bengals will be, but
2: I, I would be. They're doing their homework regardless. And it's not just Emmanuel Forbes, although, like the first round guys that we're going to talk about are going to be Emmanuel Forbes and Deontay Banks, most likely. They also met with Keely Ringo, Clark yeah. Phillips, Garrett Williams, who's coming off the ACL. We've talked about him on the show before all at the combine. They had a top 30 visit with, with McKay Gardner. They had a local visit with Carrington Valentine from, uh, from, from Kentucky. They met with Ohio state's Cameron Brown. So they're doing a lot of work throughout the draft on corners and there are guys throughout the draft at corner, which is the last point I wanted to make there. Even if it's not in the first round, Mm -hmm. there are guys throughout this draft top four or five rounds where you can feel like you're getting a pretty good player at that position. And, for either depth reasons or financial reasons, if they choose not to extend Shadobe Awuzie in the future, there's a lot of reasons that the Bengals could and probably well try to draft a cornerback this year. We're going to continue the conversation of how this defense fits in with the draft. We've got a lot of other positions to get to here, James. You've only done corner. We're going to continue coming up next.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. And Emmanuel Forbes, well, guess what? you could get on the built bar plan. And if you're looking for a delicious snack and you're one of these, one of our, our many locked on Bengals listeners, but you don't want all the sugar. You don't want all the calories. Well, built bar is perfect for you because it's packed with protein and Forbes might want calories just to be clear, but you want good ones. And that comes with built bar. They taste amazing. They're covered in 100% real dark chocolate, real chocolate. And so whether it's peanut butter, brownie churro cookies and cream, They have you covered and give you an example. Imagine a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's my kind of snack. Get yours today at built.com or check out your local Walmart or Sam's club while you can still get your specialty flavors at built.com as well. Again, built.com or Walmart or Sam's club to get built bars today.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: I sure am hungry. Seems to often happen when we record this podcast. Let's continue to talk about this defense. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose a question to you here, James, so we can decide our next position. Speaking of being hungry... And this mm-hmm. is going to be a terrible joke and a terrible transition. Hope. Which position do you think the Bengals are the next most hungry to draft in 2023?
0: Well, defensive line. Do I need to be more specific than that? Because I can. Sure. I would say that the interior of their defensive line. They would want to to add to that if they could. Hungrier. And I also think it's going to be harder to address it than it would be to find an edge guy that could potentially contribute.
2: Yeah, it feels like this year is a little bit deeper on on the edge than on the interior. And and just looking at our draft sheet and looking at the grades, the depth for like day two guys hmm. on the edge feel feels a lot better. A little there's bit. There's not many heavy.
0: interior guys. Yeah, there's yeah, not. Yeah,
2: like Jalen Carter is going to be long gone, right? Kalija Cansey. The way things are going is going to be long gone, but who knows, right? Like, you, you go look at the ESPN yeah. probabilities. doesn't look like he's going to be available. Brian Breesey from Clemson, a name that maybe we're not talking about enough as far as oh. the Bengals potentially having I some interest it. there.
0: What's that? Talk about medicals. I said I know it. Talk about medicals.
2: Well, and, and just off the field distractions for him. Not yeah. to say that it's like a negative. It's just some stuff happened in his life that he had to get through and – it's not an excuse or anything but it's a thing that you have to figure out and it creates some gaps in his resume and we'll we'll talk about those guys a little bit more but when you look at the Bengals roster currently there's not really a clear future at this position and that's why this makes a lot of sense this year and then the question is at which of those interior defensive line positions, do they feel like they need a guy? Because you got two nose tackles in the last year of their deal in DJ Reader and Josh Tupo. Yep. And you've got B.J. Hilt for a couple more years. You've <laughs> got Zach Carter on a rookie deal. But despite having more control over those guys that play more three technique for the Bengals and more one-gap penetrating, pass-rushing kind of defensive tackles, think Geno Atkins versus Dona Peco or DJ Reader, the nose tackles, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They could use a little bit more juice there. And that's why we've talked a lot about Kalaja Kansi this offseason. So is it the Mazzy Smith type that, that is more interesting to them, the guy that you mm-hmm. can put a nose and, and maybe feel good about in another athletic nose tackle type in Mazzy Smith, 323 pounds? Is it Gervon Dexter, a guy that they met with at the Combine on, on day two? or you know the the Atabores adobores or the collage Kansi's the 280 pound undersized guys they also met with just 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 sean johnson struggling mm. with names as is tradition from toledo tyler lacy from oklahoma state a couple of lighter guys so they're doing homework here again that's why we're talking about it and mm-hmm. there's a clear need here for one reason or another
0: yeah i a couple things there. it's It's interesting, Johnson, by the way, is is a PFF favorite, and I, I think would be an interesting sixth, seventh round type target when you're yep. doing those mock drafts at home. That said, like you you mentioned um, Smith from Michigan. Can you take him at twenty eight? Like that feels early to me. but I don't think he's going to be there at sixty. So is he in that trade down bucket that they certainly will have if that happens? I wonder, because outside of Kalijah Canty and, and Breezy, Brian Breezy from Clemson, those seem like the only two, because you're right, Carter's gone. Mm-hmm. So then you look at round two, Adeboware is not going to be there from Northwestern. I would be pretty surprised. Maybe he is. Maybe mm-hmm. he's there at 60. I mean,
2: yeah. Probably. I mean, that's, that's a guy that could go in the first round really easily. I, exactly. I, he,
0: he has in some mocks that, that I've done and, some that that haven't released yet so yeah i think uh this position as a whole is interesting because if kalaja Cancy went 14th you wouldn't be surprised and others have the Bengals passing on him mm-hmm. and going falling down the board and maybe out of the first round it's just it's tough to predict because can it's his arm length right that people are worried about yep. and, and and some of these guys breezy's ha- has his um flaws or things that the teams are concerned about and i just I think this one's hard to project and, and there might be some surprises on draft night one and draft night two.
2: Yeah. To be clear, it's not character for breezy. I just, just in case it sounded like that, it wasn't as far as I know, there aren't big character questions for him. It's just, you know, he had some stuff happen in his life, but for him, it's, it's just the production just wasn't there, but he checks a lot of the other boxes, right? Like he checks the size, the athleticism boxes, the pedigree boxes, the Clemson has a lot of the tools, but the, the production just it's bruzzy the, by the way like bra Brazy. This, this name has confounded me as names the, the, do the, since the we reason, had mike renner on the show
0: yeah the, the only reason i i know it is because i looked it up uh thank you beast yeah because uh you know that draft guide is second to none so
2: love it some other names to shout out here real quick uh keanu brenton Benton, sorry, Keanu Benton, Wisconsin, uh, 22 years old. Shortly after the draft, is a guy that in the second round I would be pretty pleased with. Yeah. Uh, Zach Pickens, another three yeah. tech type that that has popped up uh, that has popped up in terms of film study was a captain, uh, as was Keanu Benton, would make a lot of sense as well. They also met with Keandre Coburn from Texas at the combine, so. The reason they wouldn't pick a defensive tackle early is because they don't pick defensive linemen early. This also applies to the edge rusher position. They've picked, what, three defensive linemen in the first two rounds in the last, like, 20 years or something like that. Carlos Dunlap, Justin Smith, and Margus Hunt. Oh, sure, I mean, maybe if you go back 20 years, there's more, but... It's,
0: You're it's... reminding me of the Margus Hunt pick. I have every year, I, I just... I can't believe that. It still haunts me that they didn't take Tyron Matthew. <laughs> that said, I, I do want to shout out one more guy just because he's from Katy, Texas, Andy Dalton's hometown, and this is Lockdown Bengals. Um, oh, maybe. Moro, Moro Ojamo from Texas. Yeah. From Katy, Texas. So why not?
2: Uh, Devin still was was Yeah, second awesome. round. And, and Marcus Hunt, was he third?
0: No, he's second round. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> He's good at track, though, or field. He's really good at that.
2: Yeah. Uh, we've got to talk about the edge position here a little bit. we got to talk about linebacker a little bit. we got to talk about safety a little bit. A lot of people are mocking safeties to the Bengals. Ooh, I have some thoughts on that. So and, and we it. do have some thoughts on that. Let's finish the show with those positions here. We'll see if we have time to sneak in some specialist talk at the end. We'll go there coming up next.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, Jake. Let's discuss Edge. And I think Edge is up there as well because you have Trey Hendrickson, two years left on his deal, Sam Hubbard. We know Joseph Osai with someone you're expecting. And I think they're hoping... that that comes on a bit more. But you can never have enough. Like corners, pass Mm -hmm. rush depth, you can never have enough. We've seen Hendrickson get dinged up the past two years, mostly last year, but he's dealt with a back issue the past couple of years. And when he's not on the field and like his normal self, this pass rush suffers some. So, yeah, Cy could take a step. Cam Sample could take another step, whatever the case is. If you want to look at it that way, that's fine. But I also think that the Bengals – would love to add some some pass rush depth on the edge.
2: This one's tricky. It it is like corner in so far as you can't have enough, and they could use more juice. So it's like three tech in that, like they could use more pass rushing success rate at edge. It's like corner in that you can't have enough. But unlike those positions, there's no pressure here. Like from a from a contract situation, from a depth situation. I feel pretty good about the Bengals' depth at this position. And there's a lot of guys. Yeah. A lot of guys that are fine rotational players or good rotational players. Cam Sample, we talked about his late season development. Joseph Osai, sky's the limit, right? Athleticism, motor, it's there. They signed Terrell Basham. They've got him as a veteran depth piece. Jeff Gunter coming off injury is, is the sixth guy, but a guy that they feel good about. And that's your sixth guy. And, and so if you're drafting a guy here early, one of those guys, Basham Gunter, probably isn't making the team at that point, you know, barring injury and, and those sorts of things. But on paper, you, if you're drafting a guy early, day one, day two, you're looking for him to come in and, and contribute right away, right, and be part of this rotation. So mm-hmm. one of those guys we talked about in the front four are getting less snaps, which is fine if you have a better player right? A player that's getting sacks is contributing to the team. But, you know, despite all these, you know, you can't have enough and and they could use more there. It gets a little bit hard to justify using the resource, a premium resource because of the depth and contract situation at that position.
0: That's the the dilemma. And that's why I would be, Sort of surprised. Now, maybe someone falls, and at 28, that's the, the spot they go. But to me, this is a, all right, is, is this the best player available when we're on the clock at one thirty-six in round four? Is this the best player available in round five? You know, one of these, these mid-rounders, obviously late, anything goes. Every position's on the table in round seven, and that's just yeah. how it is. Right? Jeff Gunter, they looked at it. They were like, Psh. athletic kid, good kid small school, productive, let's take them and see if we can turn them into something. And we'll see if they do. But And that was last year, obviously. But to me, I agree with you. I don't think that this is a huge priority. But if they look up, a a huge priority early, to be clear. But if they look up and say, this is clearly the best player on our board, I don't think they'll necessarily shy away from it. But how many times does that scenario come up when they do these mocks? I'm sure it's not many.
2: It's it's tough because it's a year where you can see a guy that does represent that value, or you can see a situation where like, oh, well, the tight ends, the tackles, the defensive tackles, the corners are gone. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing at twenty eight? And do we just pick Felix and a duke Uzama, or you know, do we just pick Isaiah Foskey? Derek Hall is a name you're going to hear a lot about. Yep. Uh coming going into the draft as people will pay more attention to him. Nolan Smith, a guy we know they met with at the combine, although is very unlikely from what we know to be available to the Bengals at twenty eight. And he's and he's light, like would they He would be an outlier a, for them, I think. A yeah. huge out like not a little.
0: I mean, he's you know, three skyline, three ways different than me, weight wise. He's just well, really good at getting to the passer. Two thirty eight. I mean, that's that's like one sixty six at corner. 238 that's
2: that's it's light light. it's 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 like it's like a keem davis gaither it's 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 off ball linebacker size it's it's you know back in the day it's like the the three four outside linebacker type instead of the inline defensive end type and the bengals do tend to go bigger at the position you know they did their homework there they're going to do their homework on these guys They they met with isaiah foskey at at the combine as well as well as uh Tui, tui tui piloto tui piloto what do you got?
0: Are you saying I don't weigh 240?
2: Yes. Oh, okay.
0: Just clear. Just, just confirming <laughs> do you, do that that's... you weigh 240? <laughs> no, I do not. All right. 5'9", <laughs> 240. He is a refrigerator.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, also worth noting, by the way, a top 30 visit with Miles Murphy, the Clemson defense event. So, like, they're, they're yeah. looking at these guys, right, in case they are available. They want to make sure that they've done their due diligence to the position, but I think it is due diligence. And where we've heard virtually no activity are the last couple of positions we're going to talk about here. Linebacker, we, we know they've talked to Ivan Pace, uh, Cincinnati kid. You know, they saw him locally. They saw him, saw him at the Combine. From, from what I've seen in the tracking we do, I've seen zero visits with safeties reported. I mean, they've obviously seen some of these guys with pro days at all-star games and that sort of thing. Zero safety visits reported. And uh, despite that, because the Bengals lost their two starting safeties, a, a lot of people tend to mock safeties to the Bengals in the first three rounds. And I don't think either I, I, either you or I really see it. Like, you could talk about do they want to get some depth there. Brandon Wilson's still on the roster. Uh, mm-hmm. But Nick Scott, Dax Hill, Tyson Anderson, those are going to be your first three. They brought Michael Thomas back. Mm-hmm. The grandpa of the safety room. Uh, or, or, or whatever you want to call it. Wow. It's Uncle he's Mike. Uncle? Uncle Mike. My bad Mike. I hope he's not. Gosh. He's like 33. He's like younger than you. He, and you're calling him than grandpa. I'm the grandpa of this podcast. You're the
0: great grandpa of this podcast. That's, That's how much right. older you are than me. Go ahead. That's right. It's like three years difference or whatever.
2: <laughs> they could draft a safety at some point late. They could draft a linebacker at some point late. Sure. Th- th- those are things that, that they do from time to time. If the value is overwhelming, you can see any position be drafted. Those are the caveats, right? But a linebacker, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, Joe Bocci, Akeem Davis Gayther, Marcus Bailey, wh- where, where are you adding a the linebacker there? They like all those guys a lot. They all have roles. Could you talk about depth? Sure. We know who's starting for them at safety next year. Could they add depth? Sure. Is it a priority? It's hard for you to convince me that either of these positions are going to be a priority, especially with this safety class. Like, this isn't a year where you're jumping out of your boots to draft a safety.
0: They prioritized safety last year. Yeah. They had negotiated with Jesse Bates for two offseasons and they said, okay, fine. Daxel is clearly the best player on our board, which I'm 100% certain on. Let's take him. They believe in him. I know people like suddenly have buried him or think he's put in a rough spot. He had to play both cornerback spots and safety some, and was playing behind Jesse Bates, and you know behind a veteran that you don't want to offend, that you want to keep him locked in. It's it's awkward, right? Imagine, in fact, a lot of our listeners have probably been in this position where you're in an office and you realize that cuts are happening, and the young college kid comes in and you realize that might be the person that. Replaces you when you get laid off, like that's happened, and that's what was there. So that's an awkward position for Dax to be in, but I think they're really comfortable and they were really high on him. I actually went back and looked at some quotes because I knew this was coming up from last year, and they were so excited to add him to the room. And so I, I think that that's if someone's looking for a, a marquee safety addition, that's it. As far as linebacker, I think your marquee linebacker edition was Jermaine Pratt. No one really expected him to come back. I thought they were going to keep Von Bell, and Pratt was going to sign elsewhere, maybe with Carolina. And instead, they kept him. So I don't really think that there's a a need there either. So I agree with you. Seven picks. Could it happen? Sure. I don't think it's anywhere remotely close to a possibility. The first two days of the draft, and it's more of a a low-end day three potential position position that they would target if the right guy is available.
2: Yeah. They're, they're not meeting with these players, at least reportedly. I'm sure they're doing their homework. I'm sure they've talked sure. to these guys, with, you know, they're, they're, we're ne- we're never saying that they're like neglecting a position just to be clear, just because we don't talk about it a lot. Um, but I, I guess the one thing I would say about safety is like, I could see them going after another guy who's kind of in the Dax mold. If they do pick a safety, if there's somebody that they feel is overwhelming value who's kind of that corner slash safety type and the the guys that stand out to me that like brian branch and the second you know something insane where like, like that where you have like a, an incredible value available much later than expected that's where like maybe you can see them going with the premium pick at safety but it, it's pretty hard to imagine for the reasons we've talked about Uh, really at at either of these positions and in classes that aren't overwhelming at either of these positions either, which, you know, lines up with the Bengals recently, right? Where their needs tend to line up with the draft. They're they're doing a pretty good job of planning around that and pretty good job of addressing their team needs that way. And so this year that fits as well. Let's finish up with punter here real quick, James.
0: Ooh, baby. Did you think I was going to remember? Take one. I thought you might ignore it. Take one.
2: You yeah, like I mean, the, the age old Jakeism or whatever you want to call it, don't draft specialists. If you take a punter in the seventh round, fine. If they add picks, sixth, seventh round, fine, there's some punters. There should be one that's available as a UDFA. They're going to address punter. It will not be only Drew Christman in camp, whether it's a draft pick or a UDFA, they are going to add a punter.
0: Yeah. I And I'm just looking at. At these rankings here, Bryce Beringer or Beringer is is the top punter. I thought hang time was. concerns. I thought Michael Turk was.
2: I I, I would be. Sh- I guess this is a take. I would be a little surprised if it's Beringer or Beringer Yeah, based on his hang time track record at Michigan State, like he's and he's I saw destroying that. kicks at the Senior Bowl or whatever. But the issue with Christmas was hang time. You're going to go get another hang time outlier. And it's there was surprising. a tweet.
0: There was a tweet comparing those two, right? I, I believe that I saw, which clearly that shows is. shows you about how I use Twitter. By yeah. the way, the rankings I'm I'm looking at are Dane Bruegler's The Beast was the draft guy I was referring to. Right. But it's not like we've studied a ton of punters. I'm not going to pretend here. But Turk is fourth behind right. Berenger, Corsak, and Robbins. That's surprising to me. So if you could hey, by the way, if you could get Turk as a priority
2: free agent, let's roll, baby. Is, do people just like him because of his name is that no he kicks the ball really far hard and long hi michael turk was pff's highest graded punter his, his got... average hang time was 4.18 seconds which was the fourth highest in college football and his net yards per punt was third in college football 42.8 which is behind corsack Rutgers punter 43.5 and bryce beringer Comes in in the top spot in net punting average 45.7, but that pesky hang time issue, 3.76 seconds of hang time. Uh, not exactly where you want to be, especially when you compare it to Drew Christman's issue last year where he was at 3.85. Mm-hmm. And this is lower. Now, that being said, they're like fifth lowest in the NFL last year is 4.14 seconds for average hang time according to PFF. So it's not like Turk is, is blowing that away with 4.18 college punters just not hitting those NFL hang time numbers. And maybe that's the difference in the way it's coached in college. I don't know. I'm not a punting expert. Maybe one day if the Bengals add a punter here, especially in the draft, we'll go find a punting expert to bring on the show and talk about some of these things with him.
0: Someone tweeted us, the Bengals should, and this was like a week ago, sign restricted free agent chiefs restrict restricted free agent tommy towns into a deal Uh uh-huh they wouldn't have to give up any picks but they'd have to sign him and obviously the chiefs
2: could match Would you want to do that i I don't know he's really good like he's he's probably the best punter in the nfl how much is it going to cost you or is that where you're is that where you're spending your resources when you got to try to figure out t higgins and joe burrow and and maybe Logan Wilson and maybe you want to add another veteran and you know they're going to try to float money. money. Michael Dixon
0: is the number one paid punter in the NFL for the Seahawks. He signed a four year, $14 million contract.
2: So you're talking what? Three and a half a a year.
0: Roughly it's 14.7
2: million to be fair. So a little more. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Punters matter when they're deficiency. I I don't know if Tommy Townsend was winning the Chiefs the Super Bowl. Like, he's really good, and he makes a difference, but he's not the the most important factor there.
0: Would the Bengals have won if Drew Christman and and Tommy Townsend just switched places?
2: Who knows? And I know that's not fair. Like, maybe the game goes to overtime, but I, I don't think that's a maybe.
0: I think that it's it's just does it even get to that point who knows
2: and there's so many other like butterfly effect right but like if you're just talking about that one play the game doesn't go to overtime and then you have a chance probably, or the game goes to overtime most likely right Yeah, you never know you never want to say never with you know the what the the bills game from a couple years ago but
0: yeah you're right never say never uh, i was just figuring i should at least toss that question out there but I think they will add a punter. If I had to predict it today, I would say priority-free agent. Much like Cal Adamitis last year, Darren Simmons has the cachet to say, hey, man, come compete. This is a great landing spot, great organization, and and you can land one of these top guys that don't get drafted.
2: Objectively, it is a great landing spot, by the way. Uh, Also, by the way, Tommy Townsend in the – conference championship game had his second lowest net average in 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 the season last year 37.8 yards was his net in that game his second worst game of the year and there's this other thing with punters that i truly don't know i'm just i'm just pointing this out because i can see it right now his 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 numbers are very unstable from year to year i don't know how consistent punters are from year to year. So if you're talking about Tommy Townsend, cause you went to PFF and you saw that he was our top graded puncher last year. I don't know if that actually means anything for 2023. I don't know what the evidence says about the consistency of some of that stuff. So uh, that's just something else I'd point out uh, w- when there is volatility in the data.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. We'll see. And that also backs up by the way, seven picks. I'm okay with not taking a punter.
2: I'll say oh. it. I'm okay. what a little relief. That feels that feels really good to hear, James. It's thank you picks. for thank you for acknowledging my feelings about. Guess what's more important than
0: punter, receiver, two running backs, <laughs> two tight ends. Invest That's in it, the positions right? that matter.
2: Yep. Tight end, most important position on an NFL team, obviously, right?
0: Not named running back.
2: Hmm. Oh boy, we better go. we, we were starting to agree there. Just had to get things back into balance. Good, good way to end the show there. Like I said, we're back tomorrow with a deep dive into this tight end class. So make sure you come back and join that every day or club. If you're already part of that first listen club until then, Bengals fans. Thanks for listening. day, and have
1: a good one.